by the guy that says he pitched picked up a hitchhiker meeting mid pitch yeah <laughs> why is this sentence so hard <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. How's it going? How are you? I'm okay. A little sleepy as usual, but... Same. Okay. I ate some brownies. Ooh. My brother's been on a brownie-making kick. Nice. So he has some caramel ones right now and some peanut butter ones. That sounds amazing. They're pretty tasty. I had some leftover dinosaur chicken nuggets that we cooked yesterday because, yes, we're childless adults who (laughs) (laughs) cook dinosaur chicken nuggets for ourselves. Uh, And a protein shake. Nice. Which is way less interesting than any of the things you... Well, the dinosaur nuggets were great. The protein shake is definitely not nearly as interesting as (laughs) brownies. I did also eat a sausage McMuffin. Nice. Because my brother also went to the grocery store and stopped by McDonald's. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. He went out early, huh? He did. He's a go-getter in the mornings. I did not suspect that. I figured he would be a sleep late person. Oh, no. He's on weekends. He is definitely up before me. And on weekdays. I don't understand. Shortly after I'm awake, he is awake. I wish I was more of a morning person. It's weird because morning is my favorite time of day, but... I still have so much trouble getting to sleep at night and then so much trouble getting up in the morning. Once I'm up, I feel great, but getting out of bed is rough. I hear you. Yeah. I'm with I you. Wish, I wish I could be more of a morning person. Me too. I For mm. so many years, I tried to be like a get up at 5.30 a.m. person and it just hasn't happened. I was a get up at 5.30 a.m. person because I had to be for work, but I hated it the entire time. <laughs> It was awful. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> My biggest issue is getting up when it's still dark out. And at 5.30 in the morning, where we are, as you know, for at least half the year, it's still dark out at 5.30. I hear that too. Yeah, it is hard to get up when it's still dark out. Yeah. I mean, there were years when I had to leave for work when it was still dark out. And that was just miserable. Yeah, yeah I believe that. Hated it. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't have to do that anymore. But I do wish I was more of a morning person. Maybe like a happy 6 a.m., 6.30. 6, 6, yeah, I have to get up at 6.30 to get to work on time. Yeah. Usually. I generally, <laughs> generally get up about 7 begrudgingly, and then on the weekends I usually sleep until 9. <laughs> this has been The Sleep Habits of Mary and Kathy. Yes. <laughs> Mine are garbage. Mine are not awful, but they're not great either. I never really get quite enough. I definitely stay up too late. Yes, me too. Not always... By choice. It's often because I can't sleep. Yes. Me too. (laughs) But now I've got coffee and I went for my run and I've got my protein shake remnants. I only drank some of it. You've been very productive this morning too. Uncharacteristically, I would not have gone running probably this early if we weren't recording two episodes today. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see any mysterious bug creatures while you were out on your run? I... I did not see any creatures oh. when I was out on my run. It was an oddly creatureless run. Okay. Normally I do at least see like some things, but no, no, no weird bug creatures, <laughs> um, which is good because if they were just giant things flying around, I'd have probably run faster in the opposite direction. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. Why do you ask, Kathy? I asked because some people see some bug creatures In this episode of Stargate SG-1. Weird. I know. What episode is that? That's what you're talking about. Season 6, episode 13, Sight Unseen. This is episode 123 for any number nerds out there. Woohoo. Indeed. Is that our 123, including the pilot, or is that not counted in the I do not count the pilot in my number counting. Awesome. Since that was the movie and not the show. And what about our Kenny episode? Does not count the Kenny episodes or the episodes that you were not on for. Oh, so that is okay. just you and me together talking about Stargate. Okay. So it would also be Stargate's episode. Cool, cool. Things I yeah. probably could know, but chose not to until this very moment. Meh. 
It's fine. <laughs> Why would you need to worry about it? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't I'm... really matter. No, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe we're halfway through this season. I was thinking that the other day when I was making our halfway through the season outtakes for our Patreon people. <laughs> I'm like, halfway through already? Is it really time to make another outtakes episode? It sure was. That's crazy. Yeah. By the way, if you're not on Patreon, two bonus episodes went out this week. Yeah. You too can get the bonus episodes. Yeah. By being supporters on Patreon. It's like the the Kathy doesn't know how to talk extravaganza. Mostly, but there's also some Mary doesn't know how to talk <laughs> extravaganza true. and some dog chaos. <laughs> Good stuff. And there's also some random tangents that were just so long that I actually took them out of the regular episodes because it was too long <laughs> and then they end up in those episodes too. Fair. Yeah, so go enjoy that, friends. Mm-hmm. I liked how this scene opened. I thought it was an interesting uh, choice of on the director of how they framed the shots and everything. I didn't notice, so please go. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, I thought that the music was kind of silly, but I liked it, though. Silly in an I like this music, it's cute kind of way, not silly as in this is dumb music kind of way. <laughs> they have the traditional view of outside the mountain but then inside down on what 20 level 23 or whatever it is that they're on they start off with our close-up of just two random people but we're seeing them through the glass board and the writing on the glass board and then one of those two people walks away and we see him walk around a corner and he walks behind Hammond and Pwalter who we're seeing from behind and so we're seeing the gate lit up in the background and we're seeing just the dark outlines of Hammond and Walter as they're talking about SG-1's IDC signal coming in. And so from there, we then get a close-up zoom in on Walter's hand as he puts it on the palm reader to open the gate. And that was all just done in one shot. I thought it was just interesting and... Uh, I-, I thought it was cool. I was not yeah. paying close enough attention. I do remember watching Walter put his hand on the palm reader, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thought it was a nice artistic framing. Cool. Yeah. Do you want to continue with the scene then? Yes, but I'm just (laughs) drinking coffee. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was just checking. Hang on. I've only had like half a cup of coffee. Oh, man. You're way behind me. I know. Well, I can't drink too much coffee before I go running because then I'll have to pee (laughs) and also my tummy will probably be upset. Sorry. Realized like halfway through that that I needed more coffee. That's okay. I'm drinking water. All good. The gate opens. The mouth comes through. I thought that was weird because they don't normally come through preceded by the MALP, do they? Or am I? I don't know. I did say it's nice to yeah. see them bring a MALP back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? This think... one didn't get destroyed or lost or whatever. Yeah. I wonder what their MALP budget is. It's got to be higher than the door budget since I it's would, more I would think complex. So. <laughs> I don't know that they lose as many MALPs as they lose doors, but it's got to be kind of close, though. Yeah. We don't really ever get any kind of count on the melps or also we don't know how many melps go through only to then never come back again because like they're immediately blown up or like there's just destroyed that's true something not not, like a hostile planet they're overcome by lava from a volcano as soon as they get there you know who knows what happens to the melps that go to the planets that they decide are not hospitable enough to visit which is a good question Mm. we don't know yeah i want to see these line items melp budget (laughs) door budget maybe this is why uh Sorry, thinking ahead to the next episode and then thinking about character in it, why Kinsey had such an issue with the Stargate program. <laughs> yes. Because they're spending all this money on Malps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Spoiler, we've already watched the next episode because we're doing two. Yes. <laughs> I'm going back to work nights, so can't record with Kathy because I'll be working nights. And then we're having family stay over next weekend and there will be children in the house and it will not be conducive to recording. <laughs> Because when I say children, I mean a one-year-old and a three-year-old. It's going to be noisy in my house for a few days. (laughs) Which is fine, but just not conducive to recording podcasts. Even less so than the dogs. (laughs) You can't just give the children a Nyla bone and sit them in a corner. I don't know. Maybe you can. (laughs) All the dog toys and children's toys, really, we've been talking to the sisters-in-law and we've been commiserating on the fact that we need to move all of the dog toys out of reach of children because they're <laughs> essentially the same. Fair. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, the kids are definitely going to want all those dog toys. You've got <laughs> We're like, okay, we will move them. <laughs> anyway, Stargate. Stargate. 
They were on a desert planet. It was unpleasant, it would seem, weather-wise, not surprisingly. There were many sandstorms, so that sucks. But they found some weird machine in it, so of course they brought it back, even though they have no idea what it does. (laughs) Jack says it's some kind of bug zapper. Bit of foreshadowing there. Oh, yeah. Sam says all she knows is it's emitting energy. So definitely a good idea to bring it back when you don't know what it does, but it's emitting some sort of energy that you don't know what it is. Perfect. They say that it was in some kind of chamber underground, and when they touched it, it started glowing and became activated. Hammond's like, are you sure it isn't dangerous? And Sam's like, well, as sure as I can be without knowing what it is. I'm like, yeah, maybe another good reason to study it where it is rather than bringing it back to the planet. But... Obviously, that's not what they did. They want to see if it might be a potential power source, though. So they're going to be taking some closer looks at this. All of a sudden, Jonas gets very alarmed and sees a giant insect flying around near the ceiling. He pulls his gun out at it. (laughs) Everyone freaks out and is asking Jonas what he's doing because no one else actually sees this bug that he's aiming his gun at. Suddenly, they're all a little bit worried for the mental stability of Jonas. The bug disappears through the wall, as Jonas reports to everyone. They're all basically like, are you sure you saw something? But then just in case, Hammond does call for a lockdown of the building. So that's good that he's at least giving Jonas the benefit (laughs) of the doubt that he's not seeing things, despite his exposure to that radiation that makes people hallucinate. There's a shady cat underfoot. She's very cute. Hi, baby. After credits, the team is gathered in the conference room with General Hammond. He reports that security teams have done three sweeps of the base in six hours, and they have found nothing like what Jonas saw. Then they start getting skeptical about what Jonas saw because it went into the wall and they didn't see it on video. They're skeptical because, of course, they are because this is Stargate. And if they're not skeptical about somebody being able to see or hear or do something that no one else can do, they're skeptical despite the many, many times in the past that this has happened. Hammond says, and this makes sense, they've got to return the base to normal operations because they're not finding any problems. Hammond also tells them they're all due for some downtime, and they're going to go take a break from going off-world. Sam asks Jonas if maybe he was hallucinating. Jonas is a little bit offended by this. It's not an unreasonable question, though. Yeah. Given their concern for his exposure to that stuff. Yeah. He's like, are you saying I'm delusional? And Jack's like, no, no. You just, yeah, actually, yeah, that's what we're saying. (laughs) They think maybe he is still experiencing some problems because of his Nequadria exposure, like Al in the episode where they go back to Jonas's planet. Jonas protests, though, that he was given a clean bill of health. Jonas was like, no, no, I saw it. It was real. I noticed in this scene at one point Hammond refers to Jonas as Mr. Quinn. <laughs> which just seemed weird to me because since when does he recall Jonas Mr. Quinn? He never called... Daniel, Mr. Jackson, or Dr. Jackson, did he? I I think he he did. did. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was weird because I thought that up to this point he'd been referring to him as Jonas. Jonas doesn't have any honorifics. So it sounds weird, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It sounds oddly like you're trying to be formal, but not formal enough because, yeah, he doesn't have an honorific or a rank. So (laughs) it sounds oddly casual to call him just Mr. Call him Alien Quinn. Even though calling him Jonas is even less casual. Yes, Alien (laughs) Alien (laughs) Quinn. Or you could go Tilk route and just call him Jonas Quinn. Yes, absolutely. Out in the hall, Jack is dressed in regular civilian clothes that are once again way too big for him, <laughs> and it was distracting and weird. Yep. <laughs> but because they've got some free time, he's going to go on vacation, and he's just wearing an enormous shirt and enormous pants. <laughs> he meets up with Sam and invites her to go with him, which, of course, she says no. So he gets on the elevator. And is on his way. That's pretty much that scene. Yeah. Thrilling. You're so cute. Sorry, this cat is being ridiculous. 
Sam is going to use her downtime to study the device, of course. Of course. Because that's how she relaxes. Right. Jonas comes to see her, where she reiterates that this is more relaxing than fishing. She asks Jonas how he's doing, and he's like, well, not really relaxing, because maybe I'm insane. I don't know. So I'm going to also do some work. There are some glyphs on the device that they need to decipher. So that's what he's going to do. Sam still has no idea what this device is, so it seems like a good idea that maybe they read what the device says to figure it out. Probably. Like, I don't know why that wasn't a thing they were thinking about doing before this. Right? Yeah. They make a lot of weird and bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> she does reveal this device is emitting some kind of particle, for lack of a better word, she says. Energy patterns. She can't tell what they are or what they're for, but she doesn't know. She doesn't even know enough to know the difference. So maybe the writing will help, you think? Probably. <laughs> Jonas recognizes the glyphs as a form of the ancient's language. He touches the device as he's getting a closer look, and then we see a big, giant, wormy, blue and yellow caterpillary thing walking across the device which was startling for him quite yeah <laughs> sam still doesn't see it though he looks very alarmed yes and sam though just is like oh poor jonas you're crazy <laughs> and jonas is like yeah i think i'm crazy uh-oh yep <laughs> time to go see dr fraser yeah and they are in her office where she just has so many x-rays up all over the wall. And unless these all happen to be of Jonas, then this is a major HIPAA violation. It's her wall art. I am telling you. This is or what she does. Yeah. <laughs> but she says she found nothing wrong with him. She did CAT scans and MRIs and blood work and everything is fine. Jonas is fine. Nothing wrong with him. Physically, anyway. That's all she can <laughs> definitively say. He's got no signs of stress or fatigue. There is no reason that she can think of or can find that he would be hallucinating. She wishes she had an answer for him. <laughs> Obviously, Hammond, who's also there, removes Jonas from active duty for the time being until they can figure out what is going on. Wasn't he already removed from active duty since they're all supposed to be on vacation? That's though? a little bit, yeah. I thought yeah. so. <laughs> right. Hammond at least gives him permission to keep working on the device with Carter. So. <laughs> So just keep doing what you're doing. Which, yeah, I was going to say, that's already exactly what he was doing because they're all off active duty and he was researching the device anyway. So I, that was just a pointless order. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, wait, no, he didn't say that he can do it from in person. Oh, though. that's He's gotta right. He's got to do it by video reference. Yes, because... Because they're... the thing is being shipped to Area 51. <laughs> so. so it will no longer be on the base. No touchy. Yeah. <laughs> no touchy. Definitely send the weird thing emitting energy to a different place. Absolutely. No problems at all. Nope. After this, Jonas is having a talk with Teal'c as they walk around the base. Jonas is upset that they're going to send the device away because they don't know what it is. Because everyone here is so stupid. <laughs> Teal'c's like, well, maybe the Area 51 folks will be able to figure it out. Jonas is upset, though, because he can't do anything. And Teal'c's like, you could kill Noreen with me. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. It was. <laughs> Couldn't tell if it was serious or facetious, but either way, it was entertaining. Jonas declines. And he said it doesn't have the same effect, which, of course, but maybe a little meditation yeah. might help Jonas. Right? Meditation's got a ton of health benefits. A little candle time. Mm -hmm. like Meditation is very good for you. And I try to do it, but I'm not good at doing it as regularly as I should. Yeah. Apparently, Jack also invited Teal'c on his vacation, but Teal'c declined too because he does not like fishing. Jonas finds out that he's the only one not invited on the fishing excursion, which he seems a little bit upset about. <laughs> yes. Teal'c's like, don't be sorry. Fishing sucks. <laughs> Jonas then is like, well, since I've read every book, and I think he said library, and as somebody who works in a library, it was upsetting. He, I definitely didn't notice that. I rewound it, and it really sounded like he said library. He might have had an R in there, but I don't know. 
Anyway, that bothered me. <laughs> totally missed it. It would have bothered me also if I had heard it. <laughs> if anyone can definitively tell me if he said library, let me know. <laughs> I've read every book in the base library twice. Anyway, he's read every book in the library twice. So he's going to get back to work. But then he trails off because Teal'c has stopped and is staring at the ceiling. Because there's another one of those invisible bugs up there. But this time, not only Jonas sees it, Teal'c sees it too. Jonas yeah. is vindicated. Indeed. Huzzah. Woo, something's going on and it's not just him. Meanwhile, Jack is driving around on his way up to his fishing place. He stops to get gas. <laughs> There's a weird back and forth between the gas attendant who's supposed to pump for him since it's a full service station and Jack who doesn't want the guy to pump gas for him. The attendant mentions that he is more of an El Camino fan instead of a gas guzzler truck like Jack's driving around in <laughs> because those things are catnip for the ladies, which is gross. Ugh, yeah. Jack's like, sure, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> then Jack sees a giant alien-looking insect, pulls his gun, and starts firing at the thing. Vernon, the gas attendant, is freaked out and tells Jack the money is inside a lockbox under the counter. But, of course, Jack is not trying to rob the place. Jack tells the guy that he's in the Air Force. Apparently, Vernon was in the military also. But Vernon didn't see anything at all, even though Jack did. And that's pretty much that scene. Also, Vernon is upset because his sign is now shot up. Yeah, I'd be upset also, too. <laughs> the branch of the military that Vernon was in was the motor pool. I don't know what that reference means. I don't know either. I suppose I could have looked it up. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Jack calls the SGC to talk to Hammond about what's going on. He lets Hammond know he also saw... A thing. And Hammond's like, they've breached the base containment. Oh, no. Hammond lets Jack know that they're seeing them on base as well. They're everywhere. <gasps> what? I know. Crazy. The Department of Defense website just says that the motor pool is just people that take care of the vehicles. But that's not a specific branch of the military. So I still don't understand his reference. I mean, like, that's what I thought a motor pool was, but I don't know why he says that's the division of the military he was in. Yeah, I don't know. Because I would think each one would all have their own motor pools. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> anyway, back at Sam's lab, Jonas and Sam are hanging out, looking at her notebooks about the device thingy. Jonas is trying to do some translating, and he thinks... That some of the words that he's getting are things about beings of the something something. <laughs> <laughs> something about an inner layer and maybe beings of the inner layer. Very specific. He admits that it does not make a whole lot of sense. There might be something about another level or another dimension. They're guessing that maybe those creatures were inhabiting some other dimension close to ours, but not actually in ours. Maybe. maybe. Potentially. <laughs> possibly. Sam basically tells Jonas he's got to hurry it up because Hammond wants a full report as soon as possible. Jonas is like, I know. I'm trying my best. Then Sam apologizes for doubting that Jonas wasn't imagining things, but he's like, no, I get it. The whole Naquadria poisoning thing was... An actual issue. And also, I'm still new here, so whatever. It's fine. Sam's like, great. Now hurry up and translate more. <laughs> I like this. I appreciated that she apologized and yes. was like, you're part of the team and we respect you and you're doing great. It was great. a cute bit of banter to, yeah, kind of really show that they are accepting him as an equal yeah. team member now. I was like, aww. Yeah. <laughs> or at least Sam is anyway. Yeah. Which she seemed to go back and forth about. Yeah. At times she seemed to be on his side and at other times not so much. We've talked about before. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. SG three quarters, <laughs> Fraser and Hammond are in the conference room. They are quarantining the whole of Colorado Springs. How big is Colorado Springs? That That's seems a good like question, but I don't lot. think it's I'm looking it up now. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a clack off. It is. <laughs> 2001, 2002, I think 2002. 373,681. That That's seems a good amount of people to Like quarantine. a daunting task. Yeah. yeah. This was specifically 2002. Okay. I'm sure that nothing went wrong with that process. We all know no. how well people react to being told not to go anywhere. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Hammond is hopeful that perhaps these things haven't spread too far. <laughs> Sam's <laughs> like, mm, doesn't seem likely that we can contain them. They stopped the device from being sent away. Which makes sense because they're yes. quarantining. Jonas thinks he's figured it out his purpose. He turns on um, the projector, whatever, to show an image of the device with a circle around it. It was a completely pointless <laughs> visual aid. I missed that somehow. It was so stupid. I was like, you really didn't need that because Sam describes exactly what it's doing. You don't need the visual for it. Yeah. She says it's broadcasting energy particles not a thing particles have energy but energy particles are (laughs) not a thing unless we're talking about photons in which case it's photons the only thing that is both acts as energy and a particle maybe it's photons who knows anyway yeah so she's got this pointless visual aid while she's telling them exactly what it is whatever this particle is they think that that has triggered their ability to see the creatures and maybe only those who have been exposed are going to develop the ability to see them a special type of sub photon that must be it okay yeah we'll go with that yeah the different type of photon allows them to see different things (laughs) sure yeah yeah as best they can tell this device was created to observe creatures from a different dimension that is why they can't do anything about it because the creatures aren't actually in their world (laughs) they also let Hammond know that these creatures didn't come through the stargate these are creatures that are on a parallel world on earth the creatures themselves pose no threat however people freaking the fuck out about them is (laughs) definitely going to be a problem yes (laughs) They give some examples of where it might be problematic. I mean, I think just in general, mass panic, but Frazier's like, oh, a surgeon doing surgery or an air traffic controller and driving a car. And also this could lead to exposure of the Stargate program. Oh, no. Hammond tells them to shut the device off. Sam says they've tried. He tells them to find a way. Or maybe just send it back to the planet they got it from and continue their study there. (laughs) That is what I was also thinking, yes. But of course, that's not what they do. No. And we're in Sam's lab next. Hammond comes in and tells Jonas and Sam that Jack says there are no further sightings reported outside the base, aside from the one that he had. The sightings have all been within a 500 meter radius around the device. Most of them anyway, not all of them. That makes no sense, though, because Jack would obviously be an outlier for that. He's not within 500 meters wherever the hell he is. Yeah. Which is apparently still in Colorado Springs. (laughs) Even though Colorado Springs is a city and they were showing like this bucolic little gas (laughs) station in the middle of nowhere, but whatever. The outskirts of town. (laughs) Yes. As Jonas and Sam have been studying the thing, they have been more frequently seeing (laughs) their new friends, as Jonas calls them, which I thought was funny and adorable. But they can't find any types of controls or switches. There are some control crystals in the thing that they're going to try to remove. Why they're doing that last, I don't really know. But (laughs) Yeah, pull that plug. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) And that's basically what Hammond is like, well, what are you waiting for then? (laughs) Yes, I was wondering that too. Sam says it's because she doesn't know what effect that might have. And he's like, well, just do it anyway, because (laughs) this is already bad. So she does. Nothing seems to happen except that the thing stops glowing. Sam says she's no longer detecting any particle emissions. And they look around and they do not see any giant alien bugs. Whoa. Yeah. Maybe everything's all good, so Sam takes a lunch break. Yeah. She does not opt for jello this time, but grabs some sort of fruit bowl. That's not really the right word. <laughs> it's like a parfait thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's also, it looks like, maybe got a little bit of cereal or granola with maybe some yogurt 
cup on her tray. This is important. Food Watch is very important, everyone. It is. She also had a banana. She does not have enough protein in her meal, though. I mean, there's some protein in the yogurt, but yogurt has a lot of sugar, so it's not a great source of protein. We get a glimpse of a green bowl in front of Tilk, which to me looked like salad. This thing says that it was jello, but oh. I didn't actually even see what Tilk was eating. Although I noticed that Jonas looked like he was eating pancakes. That's what my guess was on yeah. Jonas as well, because they don't show us his tray, just right. him shoving food in his mouth as usual. Giant forkfuls of yeah. what looked like pancakes and made me want pancakes. <laughs> pancakes are great. Yeah. Anyway, they are <laughs> sitting around enjoying their meals. None of them have seen anything. Tilk says his Kelnorim was undisturbed. So they're like, great, good job, awesome. Jonas says that Teal'c thinks they should take the device back. And I was like, yes, Teal'c, you are a smart man. <laughs> right? Finally, someone mentions that. <laughs> Sam, though, is like, what? We don't know what it does. We have so much more studying to do. <laughs> Study it on the planet you got it from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teal'c's like, what's the point of studying it? And she's like, well... The effect was groundbreaking, and maybe when we figure out how to use it, something, something. <laughs> and they could study these creatures, too. They're just talking about these creatures that they were able to see, when suddenly there is a scream and some crashing of dishes. Unfortunately, turning it off did not work. Oops. In the control room... Oh, they have actually credited him as Harriman in this transcript. Nice. Hey, yeah, Walter. I didn't even notice that in the opening scene. Did they do that in the opening scene? Hang on. Go back. Yeah, they did in the <laughs> opening scene, and somehow I missed it. Woohoo, Walter! Yay! They didn't say anything about it necessarily in the episode. I haven't watched the closing credits to notice if they change how he's credited, but... I don't know if he's usually credited at the end with a name. He's usually, I think, just Gary Jones at the in the starting credits without... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, at the end, don't they generally put like every name of everyone that's been in the episode? And... I they usually do the randos, like at least that I've yeah. seen. I don't know. Weird. I've never paid attention to the closing credits at all. You'd think I might have, but nope. Yeah. Yeah. So you get credited as Harriman finally. Hammond and Walter are there monitoring the situation in the control room. The situation being SG three quarters back on the desert, dusty planet where they're trying to return the thing to the ruins where they got it from. They've got an open radio link, and Sam tells them that they're about to enter the antechamber where they found the device. She asks if they're picking anything up, any energy readings or anything weird They're coming through the wormhole, but Walter says, no, nothing strange being detected. Hammond's like, great, does that mean everything is fine now? Sam says, not necessarily, because there could be residual particle radiation that her instruments aren't detecting, so maybe this will fix the issue, and like, maybe not. But hopefully, it will. They continue on their way, just walking through this ruin to try to get back to the chamber where they got the device from initially. They're going to shut down the gate. Before SG Three Quarters comes back, they're going to shut down the gate to see if that actually makes any kind of difference before they just leave the device there, I guess. Hammond says that he's going to call them back in about an hour. He turns to walk away when all of a sudden Harriman, reacting way more calmly than I would, just quietly says, uh, sir? And we see a giant insect crawling out of his computer <laughs> towards him. <laughs> I would be freaking the fuck out. So good for him for just being calm and not abandoning his station. <laughs> Yeah, that would freak me out. Yeah. At this point, SG Three Quarters has returned and they've brought the device back with them. Hammond's like, is that the right idea? Why is he asking this now after the fact? Like, you're, the, you're the one making the decisions here, Hammond. Why are you second guessing yourself now that they've got it back? Because he didn't have Jack there to tell him exactly what to do. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Sam, though, is convinced that they're not going to be able to figure out what's going on without it. Since returning the device to the ruins did not fix their problems on Earth, then something else is going on. They need to do something else. Sam is hoping that the effect that the particles have on them is not permanent, although it seems to continue even after the device is off. Hammond says that the effect is spreading. People who 
were not previously affected are now seeing these things too. Sam is puzzled. She doesn't understand if they weren't exposed to the particles. But Jonas is like, well, what if it doesn't have anything to do with particles? He explains that since one of the functions was to attract the creatures to it so people could observe them, presumably, they thought they shut it down and the thing seemed to go away. But maybe it's not the only thing that was attracting the creatures. Basically, the takeaway from this back and forth that Sam and Jonas are having is that there are two separate things going on. The device that attracts the creatures and then whatever is making them see them is a separate thing. Yeah. But still related to the device in some way. Right. Jonas said he was the first one to touch the device. Brag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If Daniel were there, it would have been Daniel. True. (laughs) Always touching stuff. Yeah. But Jonas was the first one to see the creatures, too. And then Teal'c was also the next one to see the creatures and the second person to touch the device. However, though, it's not just people who touch the device that are seeing these bugs. So maybe they can pass this, they call it an electrical charge, maybe, from person to person like a contagion. So Hammond then definitely orders the containment of Colorado Springs at this point <laughs> and the surrounding area. Good. Okay. Yep. yep. Sounds reasonable and practical and not like a huge thing that would make national news. Nope. Sam says they need to isolate anyone who may have come in physical contact with any SGC personnel, which seems like it's probably going to be a lot of people. Right. Family, friends. Exactly. Random people at the grocery store. Like, yep. So many people. Yep. Yeah, because it's been like a few days at this point. It's not like it's only been a few hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. What about people that like flew out of I, yeah. there? <laughs> or traveled to yeah. a different city before they realized what was happening and before they locked everything yeah. down? <laughs> Colorado Springs has its own airport, doesn't it? I don't know. Does it? I think it does. What airlines fly in and out of Colorado? Yeah, it's got a big hub there. So are they including the airport in their quarantine? It says it's the second busiest commercial service airport after Denver (laughs) in the state. So that's a pretty big airport, I feel like. That would be a big deal to shut that down. (laughs) Answers we never get because similar to that show, Sneaky Pete that I was telling you about where they make Bridgeport out to be like this little bucolic farm town. (laughs) They seem to be trying to get us to think that Colorado Springs is just this sleepy little town when that is definitely not the case. (laughs) Back out at the gas station, Vernon has fixed his sign with duct tape because duct tape fixes everything. Hell yeah. He goes back inside and sees giant bugs coming out, or a giant caterpillar more specifically, coming out of his cash register. And obviously, he freaks out about that. (laughs) Elsewhere in Colorado Springs, there's a whole bunch of military vehicles, presumably heading out to set up barriers and keep everyone in place. It seemed like a weird place for them to start setting up a barricade, like in the middle of a little bit of town. Yes, (laughs) quite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there's buildings in the and middle people. of an outskirt of town yeah <laughs> yeah yep down in hammond's office he is on the phone presumably with his bestie sam comes in he gets off the phone and tells her that there have been sporadic sightings but nobody's been hurt so far as a result of what they've seen local news stations have already picked up the story though jack is trying to basically do his own contact tracing but only jack is doing the contact tracing (laughs) nobody else that would have gone home or anything at the end of the workday before or whatever is doing this just jack only jack has left the base in the last like three days or whatever (laughs) and the quarantine is in place aside from that sam asks what the cover story is and it's going to be an accidental spill of an experimental chemical that can have a hallucinogenic effect So far, people are buying it. And you can't tell me that they wouldn't be flipping the fuck out if that were the case. Yeah. (laughs) Like literally rioting in the streets type of flipping out 
if you're trying to quarantine a town and tell them that there's a hallucinogenic chemical, people are going to be freaking out and assuming that it's going to be deadly and going to give them cancer and they're going to want to run away and they're going to get violent. But apparently this reality, those things don't happen. No. Everything's fine. (laughs) Everyone's fine with that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then Hammond reminds Sam that they need to make sure that the problem is contained to prevent any mass hysteria. Dogs and cats living together. Which would already be happening (laughs) by this point if it was real life. Hammond's like, we just need to fix this mistake. (laughs) They both agree on that, apparently. Which is good, I guess. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know, I've never been there. Maybe the folks of Colorado Springs are used to military action happening near them since they're near military Maybe. base. <laughs> I don't know. They're like, whatever, the military is up to something again. Maybe. I mean, there are military bases all over Connecticut and... True. I don't think that anybody in Connecticut would be reacting this calmly I don't know. Either. I don't live in Groton. <laughs> well, let's ask... We should ask Colin. Well, not that Colin lives there, but, you yeah. know, he has lived in that area and yeah. worked there. And we should ask Colin what he thinks would happen if they tried to quarantine, like, all of Groton in New London. I don't think that would end well. <laughs> I used to live in New London myself, and I don't Fair. think it would end well. <laughs> For those not in Connecticut, we have a sub-base. <laughs> we do. In Groton. In Groton. Yeah. It is It is actually one of the largest sub-bases in the country. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> Everyone's fine with their quarantine. Yeah. Totally fine. In the SGC, Sam and Jonas are still working on the device. They're examining the control crystals because it was a cluster of crystals. They're wondering if perhaps the arrangement of the crystals has anything to do with the device and what it does. Obviously, that's always the case with any crystal things that they're (laughs) dealing with. Yeah. So maybe if they move the crystals around, they can change what the device does. Why are they only just now thinking of that? Sam says that there are a number of configurations to choose from, and how do we know which one? So they just start doing it at random, which is the best way. Which would take forever, because there are seven crystals, (laughs) and I actually calculated to see how many different combinations there would be, and it's (laughs) 5,040. Which, ChatGPT actually confirmed my math on that, because I was like, is this right? ChatGPT says it's right. (laughs) Chat GPT, not for, just for writing stories about right? spam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it also does some other things, yes. which are not as useful as spam stories, admittedly. <laughs> it won't speculate on what books people read on the toilet, though. <laughs> it will not, apparently, do that either. It's like, mm, it seems possible. Yeah. <laughs> toilets exist when the Voynich Manuscript was written? It depends on, I guess, when you think it was written. True. There is debate over that yeah. even, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, that it's all, the whole thing is a hoax or whatever. And, yes. Yeah. For anyone who has no idea what we're talking about, which I'm sure is all of you, I have no idea why this topic came up, but <laughs> the topic came up of whether or not anyone had ever read the Voynich manuscript <laughs> on the toilet in our conversation last night. And I don't know why, but then Kathy asked ChatGPT. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> That's what I was doing instead of going to sleep at a reasonable hour last yeah. night. Yeah, I noticed your message about that came through at 1 a.m. I was like, wow, Kathy. <laughs> I just have that, like, I can't, we were hanging out last night. And when I come home from places, like, I have yeah. this, I need this, like, long wind down period before I go to sleep. I usually do, too, but I was so tired last night That's I actually fair. just went to bed. But I understand. I normally need that, too. <laughs> Back at the gas station, the National Guard has gotten there. And there's nobody there. They're looking for Vernon. There is no Vernon. But down the street, a car starts swerving all over the place. You can't see anything from the outside, but we do get a quick view from inside where the driver is flipping out over this giant alien slug that is sucking on his windshield. (laughs) How is it possible for it to be stationary on his windshield? Oh, I don't know. Because, yeah, it doesn't (laughs) seem to be stationary. Like, it's just going through 
matter everywhere else that we've seen them. But here it's sitting on his windshield and sucking on it. I thought it was hilarious. It but was. now in hindsight, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. It, it can be both hilarious and nonsensical. True. This is true. <laughs> but I was kind of mad at the guy for just slamming on the gas instead of hitting the brake and yeah. like pulling over and running away from the car. Like, what are you doing speeding up when you can't see and swerving all over the road? You're going to kill somebody. Total panic. Thankfully, he doesn't. He does crash, but he's fine. And everyone else is fine. Nobody else sees the huge slug thing, though, that he is trying to point out to them. And still no sign of Vernon. Still no sign of Vernon. In the lab, Sam and Jonas have gone through their 5,000 plus iterations of crystal configuration. (laughs) And they're ready to tell Hammond they're pretty sure, but not 100% sure, that they've reprogrammed the device correctly, but it's one of the last few they've tried. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) They must have gone through a lot of them. Yeah. I would think this would take a very long time to go through that many. She says they're hoping it's now programmed to emit a charge that will reverse the effect. Rodney would be so disappointed in this method of Sam's. I was thinking at this point. (laughs) Yes, he would. Maybe they should have brought Rodney in for this to be more useful. Yeah. Jonas touches the device. He doesn't feel any different and he doesn't see anything, but also nobody else does. Then suddenly, one of the insects' bugs appears and is sitting on the device. Jonas can't see it, but Hammond and Sam can. So it seems like maybe it's working. Fabulous. Yeah. He then touches Sam, and then she can't see it either anymore. And then Hammond repeats it, and he also cannot see the bug. So then Hammond congratulates sam just sam (laughs) just sam yep and i was like this is why sam needs to say comforting things to jonas about his (laughs) contributions to the team because he's not getting any credit (laughs) yeah seriously it's so shitty out in the woods we do finally catch up with vernon he's walking around he's got a go bag he finds a road and he does some hitchhiking i guess he's not picked up yet but He's clearly avoiding the National Guard that just drove by. Yeah. And then we're in Hammond's office again with Fraser. The antidote, which is just touching each other, (laughs) seems to be working. There have been no new sightings. And even the people that were seeing the creatures before are not seeing them now. Hammond's like, great. Now that we just need to spread the cure to Jack And everything will be fine and containment will be complete. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Simple as that. Frazier recommends using a placebo pill to sell to the public. I wonder how much money they're going to make off of that one. (laughs) I think she just meant to sell the cover story. Oh, okay. So they're not just like, I need to touch you and you'll be fine. You have to take this pill. I think that's what she meant. Give them a placebo pill. Just Well, I mean, I figured that they were going to try to get them there by giving them the placebo pill so that they could touch everyone which is just gross and creepy but the fact that she said they needed to sell it to the public made me wonder are they also going to be gathering actual money from this thing i would hope not yeah that is not how i took it okay anyway hammond's phone rings it's jack he is reporting that he still can't find vernon so their quarantine has been breached he tells hammond the name of the guy which he was able to find that he served in the motor pool in the gulf and get Sam and Jonas working on it to see if they can find out more about him. So that's what Hammond does. He hangs up the phone and goes to tell Sam and Jonas to get on it. Jack's headset was looked really weird on him. It doesn't look it natural did. for Jack to have a headset on. <laughs> it Yeah, it was weird. Well, I mean, good for him for using a hands-free yes. headset before it was mandatory. But this looked more like the kind that you would use in a call center. True, true. Than be driving around in a car with. But I, I guess we, way back then, that's yeah. maybe what was used. I don't know. I don't know. I was one of the monsters that was driving around without a head, heads-free hand, heads free. <laughs> <laughs> hands-free headset until it was made mandatory. So <laughs> I don't know what those would have looked like back in 2002. Yeah, me either. I'm trying to think. When I was working for a cell phone company a couple years after that, it was only like 2004, Mm -hmm. they had Bluetooth headsets. 
Oh, that's fancy. Like a single ear Bluetooth headset. I didn't get one of those and I worked for a major insurance company and they didn't give us anything as nice as that. Oh, I mean, I I bought it. And this was like my personal device for my phone for hands-freeness. That was before everyone had wireless headphones and you looked crazy when you were just walking around talking on your Bluetooth headset because you looked like you were talking to no one. Right. But now everyone does it. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Vernon gets picked up. Vernon wants the driver to take him as far as he can. The driver says he's picking up a cousin over in Hawthorne County and Vernon's like, cool with me. Then we hear on the radio a talk about the quarantine of Colorado Springs and the chemical spill. The truck driver guy is like, oh, people are saying they're seeing monsters. And Vernon's like, yeah, crazy. That's it. Yep. <laughs> they head out. Yep. Vernon's escaping. In Sam's lab, they've been able to find some information about Vernon. He has drained his bank accounts. He's definitely on the run. They have frozen his credit cards, but if he's drained his bank accounts, that's not going to matter. And it's obviously going to be harder to trace him since he's using cash now. And they're like, cool. So he can just vanish then? Jonas doesn't think it would make any sense, though, that he would just try to disappear out of fear of the things that he's seeing. So he thinks that, or really the conclusion that both come to is that Vernon doesn't buy the cover story and thinks that the military is up to something shadier, which is true. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So they've got to try to basically do a psychological profile on him and also find out if he's got any family in the area to figure out where he might have gone. I hear a puppy. Coconut is outside. (laughs) My window is open. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She's so funny. She is. They get into some civilian clothing and go visit Vernon's grandma, I guess, who raised him. She has a squeaky little old lady voice. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she does. And she's like, what's he done now? And they're like, oh, nothing. We're just worried. She serves them some cookies and tea, although she doesn't actually give them any tea. She just gives herself tea, even though the tea is there for all of them. I want cookies and tea. She has not nice things to say about Vernon's mom. Sam and Jonas try to get her back on track, though, and are like, "Mm, your grandson might think the government's after him for the wrong reasons. Do we think that Vernon's mom is her daughter or her son's partner? I think it's his son's because she says... After she calls her a floozy, he says, my Roger never had much taste in women. Oh, okay. Yeah, I missed that part. Where's dad? Why isn't he raising his kid? Yeah. Doesn't sound like he had good parents at all, although maybe the son died. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's dead. (laughs) I'm going to try not to disparage fictional characters that I don't know their background. Fair. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to know why they are after Vernon, and they're like, oh, yeah, exposure to a chemical, hallucinations. And then she drops that apparently this happened in the war to him, too. That the military did Mm. experiments with chemical weapons. And Vernon's never been the same. What? Yeah. Would they ever do that? No. No. Of course not. No, this is just crazy talk. They're like, we don't know anything about that, but could you uh, tell us maybe where Vernon might be? This isn't getting through to her. So Sam tries a different approach and she's like, actually, this wasn't an accident. And it was actually a contagious experimental germ developed by the military. (laughs) That doesn't make it any better. (laughs) That kind of makes it worse to tell her that. Yeah. And she's like, it was to try to help him from his whatever happened to him in the Gulf. She's skeptical, Grandma. Sam's like, I wouldn't lie to you. Sure. But there were side effects to this antidote, so we need to uh, find him and take care of that. She doesn't trust doctors any more than she trusts the military. She points to a bunch of ginormous bottles full of pills that she never takes, but apparently just keeps anyway. Why even have those prescriptions filled? Right. That's a waste of your money. Take your medications. If the doctor has prescribed it to you, there's... A good reason for it. (laughs) 
But she decides they're a nice couple. (laughs) (laughs) Sam runs with it. Yep. And she's like, we're here to help. I like how Jonas was trying to gesture that they're not a couple and Sam just grabbed his hand. Yeah, yeah. And then just kept holding it. And then Jonas is like, oh, right. And puts his other hand on top of hers and pats it. And then they have a weird look at each other before then smiling at her awkwardly. It was great. Because she trusts this nice couple now. Yeah. She tells him he's probably off with that Chuck fellow who does probably have a last name, but she doesn't know it. But she does know where he lives. That's something, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. Vernon and his truck driver buddy get to an airport. Vernon is on his way inside. He asks for a one-way ticket to Las Vegas. Back at Mrs. Sharp's house, Jonas and Sam come out and meet up with Tilk, who, of course, has another fun hat on for our hat watch. Tilk tells them that Vernon was sighted at the airport. They got that information from the guy who picked up a hitchhiker that meets Vernon's description. So Sam calls Jack, and Jack's going to head to the airport. Not the Colorado Springs one. The Piedmont Hawthorne Airfield. Yeah. Wherever that is. In Hawthorne County, of course. Oh, of course. (laughs) So Jack's going to head to the airport, and they're going to have Hammond ground all of the flights. Sam asks if Jack has been cleared, and yes, he has. Somebody from the SGC was sent out to him to shake hands at some point. So Jack is fine, and he can also now fix Vernon if he can get close enough. So he's going to go do that. He also tells Carter good job. Yes. But not Jonas. I mean, they're on the phone, but he could have said good job, guys. True. True. I'm just feeling the Jonas hate in this episode. Yeah. Not hate, but... (laughs) The Jonas neglect. Yeah. (laughs) Vernon has gotten his ticket and he's headed toward the terminal. However, all of the flights turn canceled on the display. (laughs) Everyone's annoyed. Vernon, though, I don't think saw this. We see it. Yeah. And he continues outside because this is one of those airports where you go outside to get on a plane. Yeah. Can I interrupt just because I was distracted by a passenger who was loudly in the foreground complaining that his flight was canceled. And that <laughs> made me wonder who this guy was that he got this close up. <laughs> who was he? Talking about how his flight was canceled. What did they think of the script? The second act <laughs> twist is totally clear. Right. And that really got me curious. Like, this guy has to be somebody, right? But according to IMDb, his name is Jacob Chaos, and this is one of only three roles that he's actually credited with, the other two being a lab coat man in Dark Angel, and then he played a character named Unmason in Dead Like Me, and then that's it. No other bio info or anything. So then I did a Google search of him, of course, which brought up a website called jacobchaos.com that just takes you to a website that has a picture of a glacier that says, welcome, I don't know what I'll do with this site. It used to be my business site. Now it is just my personal email domain. I am now using Google Sites to host my site. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) And this was supposedly last updated on April 15th of this year. Okay. Yeah. So going back to Google, I noticed that there's also a Jacob's Chaos, which according to Facebook is a computer repair business, so not necessarily related to Jacob Chaos. And then there's also a fictional police inspector by that name and a series of books by an author named Shelley Smith. Oh. Yeah. That's my random tangent. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So still no answer to who that guy is or why he got that role or what he might have been referring to, if anything, (laughs) with that little bit of monologue. That's really funny. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Are on the tarmac. Jack and the National Guard arrive. His oddly huge clothing I found particularly distracting here because we get a full body shot of him walking around. Yeah. In them. And his pants are so big that he rolls them up into cuffs at the bottom. (laughs) And then I also noticed as he was walking through the crowd that he does not swing his arms when he walks. He always either holds them straight at his sides, like throughout this entire series of shots, he's either holding them straight at his sides, or when he does swing them, he swings them forward and back at the same time, like both right and left at the same time, forward and back, instead of alternating in time with how his legs are moving. And it was just oddly weird and distracting to me. 
The only thing I noticed, I mean, I noticed the pant cuffs, yes, uh, yeah. but I actually noticed earlier because he was like fixing them while he was at the gas station. <laughs> but I was like, oh, is he going to run? Because he starts running and I'm like, does he really run? How are his knees? I was just oh, concerned yeah. about Good Richard. question. But he does. He does a little jogging. I don't know. Mm. So seems okay. <laughs> it's very important. Very. Jack heads outside to find Vernon. Vernon though, has been informed, as well as the rest of the passengers, that their flight has been canceled and they should turn around and go back. Then he and Jack meet up. Vernon starts to run away and they chase him into a hangar. Inside the hangar, Jack rightfully puts out that Vernon can't get away because they're in an enclosed building now and it's surrounded by National Guard. Jack introduces himself and says, remember me? Right? With the giant truck, the big walking cliche that I am. <laughs> he does tell Vernon that the place is surrounded. Vernon's like, there's monsters everywhere. Jack says, I know you're seeing things and this has got to be confusing. Vernon is afraid that Jack is going to kill him. But Jack promises, nope, we're not going to kill you. We all know that we can't trust Jack necessarily at this point, though, <laughs> after what happened in the last episode. He does not kill Vernon, though. He is able to talk him down to get out of the airplane that he's hiding in and does tell Vernon that their cover story is bogus and that what he's seeing is aliens, although they're not actually aliens. Sam said that they're probably just here naturally True. and that it's just that now they can see them. Yeah. But after a little bit more convincing, Vernon does believe Jack comes down out of his plane Jack says, we're going to get you the support you need. Everything's going to be fine. And he pats Vernon on the shoulder. And in touching him, he has now cured Vernon. Jack asks Vernon to keep it quiet about the aliens thing. Maybe. Maybe don't tell anyone that I told you that. <laughs> and Vernon's like, okay, but wherever it is that you're taking me, there's no pills or needles or anything. And Jack's like, nope, no pills or needles. Not needed. On their way out of the hangar, Vernon asks Jack what planet the aliens are from. And he's like, Melmac. They're from a place called Melmac. <laughs> Vernon says, isn't, isn't that where Alf is from? Jack pretends that he has no idea what Vernon is talking about. <laughs> and the episode is over. It is. Kathy, did you like the episode? It was Okay. I wasn't super fond of it, mainly because of the beginning. We're like, we don't believe you, Jonas, and we're going to yeah. do dumb things. And Vernon has some clearly, even before this happened to him, apparently had some mental health issues yeah. that were kind of treated as a joke in the episode. Right. And that was bothersome. And I was like, oh, is anyone going to get him help or grandma? I don't know. Right. Yeah, she definitely needs to be taking her pills. Yeah. So the episode was fine. It had its cute moments and its funny moments. And I liked most of it, but some of it I just didn't like. Yeah. That's all really I had to say about it. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I liked most of it. I agree that those parts with Vernon being kind of treated like a joke is definitely problematic. And the part with the grandmother talking about how she never takes her pills being kind of portrayed as a joke that's not funny like that's actually deadly and it's a thing that people do and as a health coach I talked to a lot of people who would tell me they've got this prescription and that prescription but they never take it I'm like you're gonna die though <laughs> take your medicine yeah. um yeah so those parts are problematic but I always love a good episode where there's a non-human alien component to deal with and I know that again the bug things weren't technically aliens but I just yeah. liked that I like the idea that there are potentially things that we cannot see that exist. Fair. I like that idea. And, you know, whether that be ghost stories or whether that be extra dimensional beings or whatever, I just like the general story plot line of maybe there are things that exist that we just can't see. And that doesn't mean that they're necessarily supernatural, but they just exist in a different dimension or a plane of existence or whatever. I mean, there's like so many different dimensions that it's technically possible maybe there's things that exist that we can't see that are still classified as alive because we don't even really know exactly what life is to be honest we have some general guidelines as to what defines it but we don't know for sure that it is all-encompassing and that we're getting all of the life forms that exist with our measly definition of it so i like that aspect of it the yeah potential of 
just completely different life forms existing beyond what we understand life to be is fascinating yeah nice yeah so that's the main reason I like the episode. And then there's also some silly interactions and everything, yeah. too, which I thought are fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's next? Next is season six, episode 14, Smoke and Mirrors. Senator Kinsey suffers an assassination attempt while campaigning for the presidency. And O'Neill is caught on tape leaving the building where the shots were fired. With O'Neill behind bars, Carter, Tilk, and Jonas must prove his innocence before it's too late detailed indeed also spoiler for him not being dead right (laughs) (laughs) seriously let's see what the tvdv says colonel o'neill is charged with the murder of senator kinsey and the rest of the team must uncover a conspiracy in order to clear his name see that was much better it was much more concise yes less spoilery yeah Anything else on this one? Not that I can think of. Okay. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast if you have not done so. Make sure you tell everyone you know about this podcast. And if you need to shut them in a car for a few hours where you only (laughs) listen to this podcast, that's how I got into one of the podcasts that I listen to. It's true. And uh, it was Jeff and I that had shut her in the car and made yeah. her start listening to Greatest Gen. The car was actually driving. They didn't trap me in a car. We were on a road trip. It's true. We were going on vacation and it was a five hour drive. So voluntary voluntary entrapments only. Okay. No kidnapping. Yeah. No actual kidnapping. Yeah. And don't lock anybody in the car and then just walk away because you don't oh, want to no. kill them with heat. Right. Yeah. They're not going to listen to our podcast if you have murdered them. So yes, don't do that. Don't do that. But, you know, if you were like, hey, I've got this fun thing to listen to, you know, just yeah. throw it on there, especially if you're in control of the entertainment in the vehicle. Right. Please review us on your favorite podcast apps that allow reviews, <laughs> as well as telling all your Indeed. friends. If you would like to be in touch with us, you can do so in a number of ways. You can email us at stargazing at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, stargazing.space, where you can leave us voicemails. And also there's a contact form, I believe, in addition to our email being there. Yeah. We are also on Instagram at stargazing and Mastodon at stargazing at mastodon.world. If you would like to support us and enjoy some bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash stargazing for that. Yay. Yay. I'm Kathy. I'm Mary. And you've been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. Yeah! Brownies!